This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Riding along with two Jewish people on my fender. There's a law in New York State. I sang once for Barbara Streisand, this is a true story, and her eyes crossed the other way. It was. Well, the first thing I do is make them toast my salad. From the writer of Nyeh and the director of Nyeh. You can have an eight-way suck fest up in your room, but you can't walk barefoot to the casino. I want a lemon twitter, I want a raspberry puff, I want a honey curl, and a, 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 no, two chocolate, no, one, one, put it back, put it back. I can loosen up. Don't have to be so black all the time. Hey, when my foot falls asleep during the day, because that means it's going to be up all night. My neck is actually six inches long, completely flaccid. It don't matter about how much you snip, put it away, snip the interest. We're going to have to buy more stuff. Being a comedian is pretty damn great. Not only because we get to make people laugh, but because we have to make people laugh. Kevin Meany not only made us laugh, he made us fall off our seats. He took lots of chances, more than most. He had so much fun, and he took us on this wild and silly ride. Stephen Wright had said that Kevin's act was like a snowball rolling down a large hill. I agree. It picked up weight and speed and bowled us over. And when an audience didn't get Kevin, he made us laugh even harder. Kevin was one of the nicest people you ever wanted to meet and was always generous to other comics, young and old. I got to sit down and speak with Kevin a short time ago about his comedy beginnings and his journey. He was in love with his family, especially his daughter, Kate. And despite some slings and arrows along the way, he completely loved his life. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. All right, hey, Kevin Meany. Hello, Eddie. Hi. It's great to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Not on it. Not literally on it. Well, We're in I'm, it. I'm in it. You're in it. Yeah. We're in it to, to win it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't know about all my great friends like you who, you know, I'm interested to find out. Now, in my opinion, or my opinion, in my thought process is that you were from Tarrytown, New York, because... You know, we went to Greg Fitzsimmons' wedding, and I think you mm-hmm. knew everybody, but I read that you're from Valhalla, New York. Which is... Uh, which uh, Is down the street? Not too far from Tarrytown. My dad uh, had a, an antique shop in Tarrytown for 30 years. After he had retired from the Hartsdale Fire Department, mm-hmm. he opened up a little antique shop, and it was right in Tarrytown, right next to the music hall, that, which I'm sure you've yes, played. Yes, we've been over to the music hall. So, uh, and I knew the Fitzsimmons family from when I worked, when I was in high school, I got a job at a country club down the street from where I lived, the, mm-hmm. Noel, the Knollwood Country Club. Right. And I was, I started out as a shine boy, and I was, uh, they don't do this anymore, uh, uh, it's called... Uh, Shagging. I was shagging. I used to shag balls. I understand. Do you know what that is? uh, And, yeah, you run after them. Yeah, the golfer, you know, he's practicing, and he hits hits a ball, and then, you know, you're you're out there, and he's hitting them, and then you pick them up in a bucket, and you bring them back to the golfer, and then he shags some more balls. Right, because in baseball, you shag flies, or you run after the, the, the ball that's hit out there. It's a little different, and, of course, in England, shagging means fucking. 
I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. That's I, something I, you learned today. Yeah. Because, you know, you go over there and you talk about shagging the balls. Yeah. It means a different thing. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's what that meant. <laughs> it really does. I, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, you well, know, I'm glad I, I wasn't a shagger in England. Right. You know? You could have been. I could have been a shag, little boy shagger. You could have been a shagger. shagger. Yeah. A little 12-year-old. 12-year-old. Sh- shagger. You <laughs> would have been. Shagging Mick. balls. <laughs> but I started there, and the Fitzsimmons family, they uh, were members of the club. Ah. So, you know, uh, and I knew uh, Mr. Fitzsimmons, Bob Fitzsimmons. We he had was, that incredible voice. He was a radio DJ in New York, and I was starstruck, you know, right. with uh, – he was on the radio, and he worked at NBC, and this is my ticket into show business. So I was – How old were you when you met the like, Fitzsimmons? you know, I, I was probably 14 when I got into the dining room and started working, and then, you know, kind of, you know – Going up to the table, can I get you anything? I was like an insane. Yeah, I was of in the. I, I was, I was in the pot and pan room down <laughs> at that time. I was. So you go from shagging to pot and pan. Well, room. I was a, a shagger, shoe shine boy, and then I got. Uh, I was a pot washer. Ah. So and, I'm a pot washer. So when uh, they would have big parties at the club. I would sneak upstairs and invite them down to my pot room, which sa- I didn't even know what I was talking about. Would you guys like to come down to my pot room? And I could sing some song. And they were bombed out of their minds. Of course. They, they the see this club. little 14-year-old kid coming up, and he wants to sing them songs in his pot room. So they would all come down. And I would say so you would get them to come down I would to get the pot them, room. I would get them How to come down. How big was the pot room? It was a room. It was smaller than this room that we're right. in. Probably half the size of this room, all covered with pots. <laughs> and I would sing my signature song, which were was the months of the year. Right. January, February, March, April. And the echo off of the pots must have been incredible. Oh, it was great. And they would be howling, laughing. And then I <laughs> I ended up doing that on The Tonight Show. I know. Many years later. Because I, I used to, you know, my friends would go, sing the months of the year. January, February. <laughs> And I would do all these crazy songs, and uh, and surreally, it would be on the Tonight Show that you'd be singing these songs. Yeah, like you know, a bunch of drunk guys would be like, "Hey, <laughs> I remember that kid. Please <laughs> bring us down to the pot room and make us." And that's pretty cool that that ha- that turned out that way. Yeah. So I so then there were a lot of uh, celebs that were at the club. Jackie Gleason really landed on the Fifth Fairway in a helicopter. Mm. And Johnny Mathis, I remember him prancing up the Fifth Fairway. Right. And. Uh, there, there so were, what about the Fifth Fairway? That people well, it was, didn't. It was right in front of the club, right, the Fifth okay, Fairway. I so see. they would go, it would go right by the club. Yeah. So you could you, you could see. So them. why did celebrities? Because this was the town where a lot of celebrities lived, or was a famous no, golf course? It was course, a famous or, golf course. I see. Yeah. Actually, the Masters started at Knollwood, and there's ah. a plaque there now. Bobby Jones and you know mm-hmm. all those golfers. They yes. met at Knollwood and said, "This is where what we have to do. We have to you know." Uh, Put together a tournament. We'll call it the Masters, and it's going to be here in you know uh, Augusta. But they they planned it out at Knollwood. That's pretty cool. So you met, and then you became close to Fitzsimmons, the Fitzsimmons family, because of Bob. Yes, and Bob. You know, as I get older, Greg is our friend, is a comedian. You know, our friend is a great comic and. You know, one of, like childhood friend to you and a friend of mine for thirty something years. Just well, I figured I figured it out that I met Greg when he was four and I was mm-hmm. fourteen. Right. So I would hang out. You know, as I get older, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you could drink when you were eighteen, and then 
you know, I would, uh, after the club would close, I was, you know, at that time I was a bartender and a waiter. Mm-hmm. And they wanted, actually wanted me to manage the country club, wow. you know, at one, when I was in my 20s. And I turned it down because I was going into show business. Right. And, uh, but I would go out with the Fitzsimmons and all that group. Uh, after the club closed in, we would go to bars, and I would drive Mr. Fitzsimmons home, which I ended up calling him Bob then. Yeah, and uh, then. and 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 then he got me started at Catch a Rising Star. You know, he had he had got me. Bob had known. He knew everybody, right? And so he goes, "I can get you a spot at Catch a Rising Star," and I chickened out, mm. and I went to California instead. Right, and you know that's how I. But I, you know, I knew that I could. I didn't want to. Started in New York because I was I wanted to go someplace else where nobody knew me like I didn't know anybody and if I could make these people that you know they didn't know me at all you know like in California you know I didn't know anybody there so if I could make them laugh then maybe you know I'm doing the right thing and getting into the business that I really want to be in. It's very smart to do that early on because a lot of people say got to go to New York I got to go to L A. I just happened to, you know, I started in Boston, so it was the same kind of thing. It worked for me. And when I came to New York, I was at least prepared. When I went to California, that was later, at least L.A., I mean, you know, I was yeah. prepared. When I went to England, again, all along the way, it, I didn't do it on purpose, but you did it on purpose, which worked out pretty great for you. Yeah, so I, I started off in... I, I did right? I, I did know people in uh, San Diego, so I drove cross-country... Well, before we get into yeah. the stand-up, I want to talk. I want to back it up a bunch. I want to talk about, you know, I, okay, the Fitzsimmons—they were there, and you were into show business, and you're 14, and you you meet these people. Before then, you're a kid. You're in your house. You have a, a happy family. It's it happy, and is it crazy? Oh uh, yeah, great. A lot of kids. I know your brother. I, I had three brothers and my sister, mom and dad, and you know, lots of aunts and uncles in and, Valhalla. Well, it was White Plains, and we went to – we were on the border. So uh, our mailing address is White Plains, but we went to Valhalla High School. Gotcha. If we lived across the street, we went, went to Tarrytown Schools. I see. So, you know, we were right on the border of, you know, the school district. I see. So we went to Valhalla – I went to Valhalla High School. Were you the middle child, oldest? Middle. Right. Middle child. I I, that's right, because I met your older brother. Yeah, Jack. Paper Moon in those days. Yeah. Oh, they all came down. Yeah. Everybody came down. They, to the I paper became moon. close to your family from the, My those mom days. and dad would go to the Paper Moon. Yes. I mean, that was the greatest little place. <laughs> the comedy was, club in the village in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm guessing, and I want you to tell me that what happened, that your family had a lot of um, musical, there's a lot of musical, a lot of, a lot of music in your house, a lot of comedy mm. in your house. There was a it was all, there were a lot of laughter. I mean, my my, I, my mother loves to laugh, mm-hmm. so you know she loves to hear the stories. You know, after you go out for the night, what happened last? Tell me what happened. Right. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! That's hysterical. Oh. <laughs> was she funny? Was she? A funny? Yeah, she's very funny. My dad was absolutely hysterical. All my friends loved my dad because he was so funny. Right. And all the way up until he passed, you know, I mean. He had so many, you know, he had so many friends that just right. loved him, you know, from the firehouse days to the antique What did he do days. in the firehouse? Was he a fireman? He was a fireman. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, a, you know, cops in your family, firemen, I guess, right? Yep, very, uh, you know, civil servants. Right. You know, so all his brothers were firemen or cops, and, uh, you know, we could always get it, somehow get out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we knew somebody get you know, out of jail free. Yeah, you, if know, you burned a house down, you were covered on. Oh, both I ends did. I yeah. burnt. I burnt the field down. You and did. While my father was Which a fireman. Field? 
the field in uh, the neighborhood I grew up in. <laughs> How did you burn uh, that down? Well, you know, just playing with, you know, fire. matches, fire. You know. Smokey says, you know. So uh, I could have burned the whole neighborhood down. It was yeah. so – and, you know – And not then, gotten in trouble then for Then your father being a fireman on top of this, oh, my God, what are you – they're going to – it was the worst, the, the worst. You know, I got caught, so. Did you have comedy albums in your house? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed the button-down mind of Bob Newhart. We had that. I had all these, you know. There, there are a bunch of albums yeah, here yeah. on the wall. Button-down mind, you know that he just did that. He had never done anything before. He had come up with an idea for uh, a set. He recorded it, and they recorded it, and it was genius right away. Yeah. He wasn't, like, you know, working for months on putting it down and getting it tight. Yeah. He came with a bunch of ideas. That We, we had that in our house as well. We had Shelley Berman. What, did you, what other albums did you have, comedy albums? Do you remember? Uh well, Bill Cosby, right. you know, yeah, that course. was uh, the bat, you know, which was the the greatest. Yeah, you know? <laughs> storytelling and in then, your house, and they're storytelling. And then, the then you see what happened today. Oh, but so you know, hard. he was the funniest guy in the world. I mean, we'd listen to him over and over and over again. Those those albums, you know, and know. Uh, the funniest show I've ever seen in my life was him at Radio City Musical. Two and a half hours laughing. Just straight out. I was a young kid, and I saw him yeah. on the radio. And, and Seinfeld would say the same thing. He could just go up and you know, and just talk. Yeah. And and it, and and then you'd never see that routine again. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how brilliant he is on stage. You know, but you know, totally. You know. Yeah, just horrible. His whole career is ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Ruined. It's over. Why? Why did you do that? Yeah, I was so sad. God. It's so hard when that happens. Oh, just when horrible. You, when you just love the comedy and all that. So how did you, what made you want to do comedy or show business? And what, what you said, I want to be in show business. Was show business, do you stand up? Was show business singing? Was show business The Tonight Show? It was anything. Right. Anything to get into. It was any, I just want to be in show business. Right. You know, so I, uh, I didn't know if Which it was. Which wasn't civil servant. You're not, you're yeah, the and, not but civil my dad, servant. My, it was great because my dad wanted to be a singer. Mm. So when I got into uh, acting, I first got into, I was in the plays. Yeah. And high school, junior high school. High school, I kind of got you know uh, kicked out of the place. Why? Because I was fooling around. I, I think I did mm. one play, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I played Fietka. Ah. I was a. I did the bottle dance. It was and uh, Stuart. I forget his name. He was such a great Tevya. He was so good. But I did this was that. In high school. This was in high school. And I did. Uh, so I I liked that. But I got you know I got. I was fooling around. Right. You didn't probably like, I'm guessing you didn't like structure. You liked to do the stuff, but you wanted your own thing. Yeah. But when I got to college. Which uh, was, which college did you uh, go to? State University of New York at Morrisville. Okay. And I went there for hotel and restaurant management. And when I went there, I took a, a, a class, a public speaking class. Right. And Tom Gutches, he was the teacher. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I gave my first speech, and he was like, "That is amazing. You are." And he became my mentor, right? Because he directed all the plays there, and he goes, "You're going to be in every play that I do. You wow. are unbelievable." And that You've must got, have rocked your world. And I was, says, like, I oh want my. to be in show business, and the guy who's in charge is going to be my mentor. Yeah, and he just loved me, and I'm still. He's like one of my dear friends That's today. Great. He's retired. He does not really retired, but he lives in Florida, and he does a bunch of stuff. But he was just so wonderful and put me in everything. I did uh, Richard Henry Lee in wow. 1776. Yes. I was Buddy in Come Blow Your Horn. And, you know, the, he just loved me. And he put, you know, I got leads. And I was like, you know, oh, my God, this is the great. And this was different. And you said, okay, this I'm going to pay attention to and not yeah. fool around. Right. So I really, I really enjoyed doing the shows there. And it kind of gave me – and I got the structure. And he – 
you know, the middle of the show, the director would flip out. Tom would, <laughs> you kid, you don't know what you're doing. You know, it would be like out of a scene, out of a movie, you know. Right. No, we got to get together. You know, we got to. Waiting for Guffman. So then we get it together and uh, then we, you know, so, yeah, and, and the shows were great, you know, but he had to put his foot down eventually. But uh, I loved getting the laughs, yeah. you know, it was great. And I said, well, you know, maybe, and, and I said, who's this guy, Neil Simon? I said, I'm getting big laughs off this guy. I didn't know who it was. Right. Like idiot, you know, the greatest playwright ever. But, you know, he, but I got but the interesting thing I got is great you, laughs right. from, from his material. And I go, I, and then. At that time, Steve Martin started coming out, and I said, oh, my God, I love him. And Johnny Carson, I'd watch him all the time. And uh, right. and then to back up a bit, uh, while I was the pot washer, right. Johnny had – that was in 1970 – I don't know when. It was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He left uh, New York to, to go, go to, to LA. To go to Burbank. And that crushed me because I would work late at night as a pot washer. I would come home. Everybody asleep. And I would watch The Tonight Show. I guess. So your parents were asleep. They weren't. They, this wasn't where your parents let you watch The Tonight no, Show. No, I would get home, you know, because I worked late. I had to wash right. all the pots. I was making <laughs> great money. I was in the union. The pot washers. <laughs> the pot washing union. The pot washers union. You know, there people was, scoff at the pot washing 132, union. 132. 132 local. Right. All right. Look it up. Google um. <laughs> it. And I and so I got so mad that he left uh, New York. New York. I wrote him a letter. And I said, uh, I will fly out to Los Angeles. I'm the fastest pot washer on the East Coast, and I will take on your competition out West <laughs> on a, in a pot, in a pot off, in a, in a pot washing. Wash off. And, uh, you know, I sent it out, never heard from him. You know, I was waiting at the mailbox every day. Of course. You know, 25 years later, I'm on the show. We go to break, and I go, I wrote you a letter when I was 14 years old <laughs> saying I was the fastest pot washer on the East Coast. And I told him, and Freddie's decorative was, and Johnny goes, why didn't we have this kid on? <laughs> really? Why didn't we have him on as a pot washer? Yeah. That would have been the greatest. Uh, Freddie, why, Freddie, why didn't that happen? So, Sincerely. You know, I, yeah. yeah. So I, it was great, you know, being, you know, writing the letter. <laughs> and then, you know, 25 years later, however long it was, you know, right. 20 years later, you know, I, I write to him. And, I, you know, I'm on the show and I tell him the story and he was like amazed. Yeah, that's great. You know, that it, it just all came full circle, you know, and it was, it was such a, a wonderful moment. It's fantastic. I, yeah. And there's Freddie de Cordova, yeah, you know, Freddie genius. Yeah, Freddie de Cordova, yeah. Who, you know, was, I mean, legend. And he actually helped Letterman start. Freddie de Cordova yeah. helped usher Letterman into his Tonight Show thing. Johnny said, Freddie, help Dave get to this, you know, get to whatever he needs Show him what we do and help him get to that level. Yeah. So Freddie's an amazing guy. Now, did you, when you watched The Tonight Show, did you see comedians and say, I want to do that? Well, it, it, it was, you know, I, I kind of liked, uh, there were certain things that I liked, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I was attracted to. You know, I loved uh, Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, she just made me laugh. You know, I loved that. I wasn't a big fan of Abbott and Costello or the Three Stooges or, you know, Jack Benny, I thought was a, st- he just made yeah. me laugh. But then Steve Martin came along, and I just like, oh, my God, that, that's funny to me. Yes. And that was, you know, beginning of Saturday Night Live. Before Saturday Night Live, Right, actually. Saturday Night Live started in 75. Yeah. In 1974, I but think. But he was on The Tonight Show, and he had Right, he had the half a beard. He did wear the, the arrow in his head yes. during that, that early so, 70s era. And it was that and George Carlin. Mm-hmm. But it was the George Carlin smarts, you know, the, his intellect that I really liked. And right. it was Steve Martin's goofiness that I liked. It's a but great Steve combination. Steve Martin was like, you know, this, oh, my God. 
I, when I was in high school, somebody would come up to me and say, there's this guy on TV that's doing your act. Ah. And I go, what are you talking about? And it was Steve Martin. I go, I don't have an act. Right. That's what I was going to say. Your act. I, I go, I'm, 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 a, I'm I, a shagger. I, I'm, I shag balls. <laughs> so I go, I don't have, I go, why did insult it? I was mad. <laughs> I don't have an act. This is who I am. I don't have an act. It's not an act. And I didn't think you had to have an act. Right. I just thought, you know, and I still don't think you have to have an act. You don't. You know, you just go up there and you do your thing and, you know. You, Other people try to create that his act is this and this. Yeah. But you, we don't have an act. So I, uh, I just loved Steve. You know, he made me I, – I would listen to that album over and over and over again. And then when I started doing stand-up, mm-hmm. I would listen to it before I'd go on stage. Yeah, that's you know? interesting. And I, I would get all, like, you know, Steve Martined out. Right. You know? And, uh, and nobody ever said that I was like Steve Martin. You know? Yeah, I don't think of you as Steve Martin, but I could see the energy. Yes. The energy is good. Did and, you, you ever see him live and go mm-hmm. to a concert? mm I would, when I was in Emerson no. in, in Boston when I was, a, I guess I was a sophomore, at Heinz Memorial Auditorium down the street, he was performing and he was doing five shows and they needed ushers. Mm-hmm. And I got to go and I saw him five times. Wow. And I, the first time I saw him, I said, this guy's the best ad-libber I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Then the second show, there was not ad-lib. He was so good yeah. that it made it look like he was just playing along and ad-libbing. Mm-hmm. And I learned more from those five shows that created yeah. my life as a comic more than any other shows I've seen. Well, you know, like Robin would do the same thing. You right. know, uh, you would say, oh, my God, Robin, uh, is, he just comes up with stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? No, he doesn't. He works on it, you know? Yes. It's like, you know, and people would go, oh, he's so genius. You, you know, he never does the same thing twice. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You, know, you know, of course he does. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, you, that's just a gift that, you know, you have that you, you make it sound like, you know, it's never been said before. That's what we do. Right. You know? You have to create, you know, recreate the scenario, and that's well, like you know. I mean, I'm not going to fast forward and ask you this question. You're on Broadway at one time in your life, and every night you got to do the same thing. You got to make it look like it's yeah. a brand new show for a new audience who's yeah. never seen it before, and you cheat them by walking through it or mm-hmm. phoning it in. So it's comics. You know, we have to every night recreate it in a way that it's just natural. You're right. Yeah. So anyway, so you see Steve Martin on the Tonight Show. You've never seen him live. Somebody says. Uh, somebody's doing your act. Yeah. So you see him, and what does that do to you? Do you want to create something? Uh, not yet. You know, it, it really wasn't until after I started doing, after I was in college, and I I think the gong show was on then, mm-hmm. so I got to see some crazy things on the gong show. And then, you know, once Saturday Night Live came on, and then Steve Martin, I said, I'm going to try stand-up. But mm-hmm. I had a big job. You know, like I had left... Uh, you know, once I left college, I got a job at uh, – I was a supervisor for – Is this still in New York State? This is still in New York. I okay. was – I worked for – I managed a restaurant mm-hmm. and they asked me to manage the country club. Oh, wow. And then I, worked, then I worked for uh, Sky Chefs, which was – Yeah, uh, that's the one. They do different events and they – No, they do all the meals for all the planes, uh, you know, for American Airlines. So right. they were they, – they, we were the caterers. So I, you know, I was I was living in Cleveland then. Well, what brought you to Cleveland? Sky Chefs. They okay. they trained me, and I I went to, uh, and then I flew out to Cleveland, and I began. I was a supervisor for. Did Sky you like Chefs. Cleveland? No, I hated it. Did you? Yeah, I love Cleveland. But I at the time I hated it because I didn't know what I, you know. I was young. I was twenty two, twenty three, mm-hmm. 
And I said, I'm going to try stand-up here. So I did at this place in Cleveland called Diamond Gyms. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they actually ran me out of the place. I this was is your so first stand-up? First time, yeah. What year was this? 1970, 1979, mm-hmm. 78, 79. Right. And they ran me out of the place. And, <laughs> and th- that night, I wrote my resignation letter. To Sky to Chefs? Sky Chefs. And I... Yeah. I can't work here. And I'm going into show business. <laughs> and I packed up my bags, and I drove out to California. That's, you did, right? From, from Cleveland. Yeah. Well, you had a start. You didn't want to yeah. go back to New York. You might as well go out. And you went to San Diego first. That's what you were saying. Because I had friends there. Okay. And so... Uh, and, I, and then, you know, when I was at that La Jolla place... Right. We were talking about that before we started taping. They... Uh, at La Jolla Comedy Club. Store which on was, Pearl Street. Which is not far from San Diego. Right. It's sort of part of San Diego. La Jolla is the beach off of San Diego. And a very exclusive area to La Jolla. Very nice. And I uh, did a a set there. And somebody gave me a card and said, you should go to San Francisco. And here's a list of clubs that you can do every single night. Right. You can do the Punchline. You can do Lenny Learners. You can do the other cafe, the Holy City Zoo. Yeah, the other cafe is one of the greatest rooms I've ever been in. Yeah, my life. it was great. They wrote they wrote down a, on a on a business card every night of the week where I could go. Who was I, this person who wrote I it forget, down? Just but some I still, audience but I still, but I still have the card. That's great. You know. And uh, on nights that, you know, the boarding house, and I was like, the boarding house, that's yeah. where Steve Martin recorded his yes, album. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I go, I got to go there. You know, I was, I was just drawn there. So I went up there, and I, nice. you know, and this is so where So you I, left your friends in San Diego, because you didn't really have a place to stay. You yeah, just, I was living with Donnie and Stu, and, you know, and he had a carpet cleaning business, and, you know, I, it was just a... So I stayed there, you know, a few weeks, and then and I, you just went to San Francisco, not knowing anyone, not knowing anybody. A couple of bucks in your pocket from Sky Chefs. Yep. Yeah. And I went up there, and I got a room at a boarding house, and uh, I, you know, I looked at my card. Where do I go tonight? Mm-hmm. You know, going to go to uh, the boarding house, right? Going to go to the other cafe, go. you know. And I would sign up, and you know, I met all these great comedians. It was the most prolific scene. <laughs> In the country, mm-hmm. people didn't know about it. Boston was pretty big. I was in the Boston. It was thing. Dana Carvey and uh, you know Nora Dunn, right? And uh, Michael Pritchard, Jeremy Kramer, Bobby Slayton, yes, uh, J- pa- Pollock, uh, Kevin Pollock, Kevin Pollock yep. was there. Uh, I, I, you know, I saw tapes. Jane of, Dornacker, yes, I've seen tapes of the Holy City Zoo, uh, not Holy City Zoo, the Comedy Day. And uh, some videos from way back. Yeah. then. Mark Pitta has, has put out some of uh, these Mark incredible is the stuff. Best. He is like the, he. Has so many pictures and so many videos. Right. It's, he's a comic out in San Francisco who now is living in Atlanta. Living in but Atlanta. But he's an, now, a yeah. great comic, great guy, one of yeah. the best hosts yeah. uh, he ever. Is. And, uh, but he put this video together and I saw, and you were in it, and uh, it was so many great comics. And they were all pretty damn funny at the time. Yeah. Robin Williams, was he doing and it? And Robin right? was there yeah. too. You know, yeah. he would, we would be at the Holy City Zoo and it would be like you Steve know, Pearl. T- Steve Pearl, of course. He would be like 10 o'clock at night, be like two people in the club. Mm-hmm. And then Robin would show up, and then the place would, like, instantly be mm-hmm. packed. Right. T- people would come from upstairs, you know, the <laughs> streets. They're Robin, they'd be running to the club, and it was like only a, like, 70-seat little room, you mm-hmm. know? And it would be packed to the rafters, you know? And then Robin would go, hi, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's the worst Robin impression Yeah, ever. it was horrible. So, <laughs> hi, everybody. Robin with asthma. Robin Williams with asthma. <laughs> but I've known him since 1980. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, so yeah, right. you know we so we were the, all there 
together, you know, doing. And you grow as a comedian because everyone's so good, it forces you to take your yeah. game to the next level. And then we go out every night after, you know, doing the stand up, and we, you know, go end up at the Sugar Plum and, you know, mm-hmm. be howling, laughing. Paula Poundstone was there then, Paula too. Paula was there, too. Was yeah. Jake there yet? Jake Johansson? Jake, Jake was there, yep. Yeah, yeah, he was there too, but he came like in 1981. Mm-hmm. All right, I was there in '80. Right, so you were way before Jake. Yeah, way years, before, yeah, yeah, year, days. And Paula came in like '81 too. Right. Well, I knew Paula from Boston. Yeah. When we were in college, I went to college '76 to '80. Right. And I did stand up in that time, mm-hmm. thanks to Barry Crimmins, who right. we love. And uh, and then I did some stand up, and then I quit for a while, and then started again. And that's when I kind of met you during that time. Mm-hmm. But. The Boston was such a great scene, but we had people from Boston that were great who moved to California. And yeah. Paula was still today is my favorite stand-up comic ever. Yeah, um, but she moved to San Francisco, and that's how I found out about the scene from her mm-hmm. through her that these incredible comics were there. So you're there in eighty, eighty-one. How long did you stay in San Francisco? I stayed there for uh, you know I don't even remember, uh, but they came out. The Boston guys came out. For the comedy competition. Okay. Which guys? Which are the comics? Uh, Lenny, Clark, Lenny Clark, Don Gavin, Martin Olson. Right. Who's still your best friend. Yes. Still so one of my dearest they friends. They came out, you know, I think they drove cross country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what, I don't remember what year. It could have been 1980, okay. com- comedy competition. And I remember I came in 39th out of 40. <laughs> okay. And one kid had died. Yeah. That's so, how that works. Yeah. So I was so horrible, you know. Yeah. Did it did it affect you? Did oh my god! I thought I was going to win all the way up until the <laughs> the end. I kept saying well, I'm going to pull something out of my butt, you yeah. know, and then I'm going to get a big laugh, you know. And I, you know, I, it just didn't, you know, I wasn't ready, you know. So so you met all these guys, met and all, the, and they said, "Hey, what well, you know? You look like us. Why don't you, <laughs> what are you doing over there? Yeah, why don't you come back with us? You look like us, you know. That's meanie, hilarious." And, so I, I kept my place in San Francisco, and I mm-hmm. would go back and forth. So now you got a place. You're out of the boarding house now. Yeah, I, have, I, have a, I had a little cottage right. you know, up on 470 and a half Day Street, mm-hmm. uh, and it was behind a house, and it was a cottage. Nice. And I would have to go through somebody's garage and then go out the back of the garage and then you know, walk through the backyard, and there was a little house back there. And I lived there. It was like 160 a month, 60 a month. It was unbelievable. That's fantastic. My own little house. That's great. And now, you know, was Alex uh, doing radio Alex back? Bennett was doing radio. radio because he was really important to your oh, scene. Oh, God. He was great. Yes. So. Um, he's, he's, you know, I, when I would go to San Francisco, it would be, you have to get on the Alex Bennett show. Yeah. You have to, you wanted to be approved by him. You wanted him to like you. Well, once, you know, if you did something funny on the show, then the next, you know, that night, the club would be packed i right. mean the scene was so hot you know and they all listen to alex that you know so why was... would you leave that scene to go to boston well i didn't i went okay. back and forth I, oh. would, I would be in uh, boston for a few weeks and i would go mm-hmm. back to san francisco because i had my little cottage and then mm-hmm. i would go to boston and then i eventually moved to boston right because so, you thought the scene there was even better uh i mean i loved the scene there during that it i was lived... more complicated than that but you know uh basically you know i thought it was uh, the right move for me gotcha and then all of a sudden, you know, the, and the scene there was very prolific, as, as prolific as San Francisco in yeah. a sense. And there was a lot of comedy clubs, but the comedy clubs, the main comedy clubs like the Ding Ho or the Comedy Connection or Nick's, those were incredible clubs yeah. with audiences that were just rabid for comedy. And I, once I got to Boston and felt that energy, you know, because they are the most insane crowds ever. Ever. Yeah, you ever. don't see, you know, even though New York is good. 
you know, uh, Boston is its own little animal. Because, you know, New York and L.A., they, we can get crowds where they're touristy. Right. And that's okay. But it's not like Boston. Boston this is, is isolated. This is us. <laughs> you know, and people would come up after you. Why don't you come over for some smoke shoulder? <laughs> you know, come on. We got a big, we got everything. Come on over to eat with us. Come on. <laughs> you know, and it was just like the, I, I would just, I was overjoyed by this, you know, the generosity and the, Insanity of and Warrington these... Street was two clubs on the same street. On the same street, Knicks yeah. had three hundred seats, I think, and yeah. then Comic Con had like one hundred seventy-five. Packed six shows on a Saturday night going on at the yeah. same time. Lines you would out go, front. You would go back. You go one run to back and forth, back and forth from Knicks to the Comedy Connection. That was got so big. I remember we started doing five shows at Knicks. They would do shows downstairs yeah. in that where you people would normally hang out and wait. Yeah. We do five shows on a Saturday, yeah. and the money was great. Yeah. We were making great money and, during that and time. And Ding Ho would do the same thing. They yes. would do, you know, so you get in a cab and you go over there and then you go back that to the That was in Inman you, Square. Yeah, in Inman, you know, so there was a, it was just like, and then that night uh, when Stephen Wright got picked to do The Tonight Show, I was on that bill mm. with the, you know, all of. Uh, Steve Sweeney and all those Lenny guys. Lenny and Steve. And they had went out the whole night before. Mm-hmm. Doing blow, doing drinking. They went to Cape Cod. Right. They they were you know they came back this, they yeah. came back the next day and you know and it was just and I didn't go out that night I said no we've got a big audition tomorrow night mm-hmm. and I had a great set but I wasn't ready yet and they picked Stephen you know yeah and I he, remember when Stephen got the show um, he thought it was a prank he thought people were joking mm-hmm. because they really wanted to see Sweeney they you know Sweeney was such a great well, I think comic. Lenny had written the letters to them ah. I think Lenny had, you know, contacted the Tonight Show or something. Well, because you know? Lenny and Steve were the kings. Yeah, they were the kings. And Gavin, right? And uh, but they ended up picking Steve, and that was incredible. That was what a great time, and it was all that was all at Inman Square. That was at the Ding Ho, yeah, right. With Barry Crimmins, kind of ran that thing. I don't. Th- he wasn't running at that point then. I don't think. Okay, you know. Did he come in later? Is that what it was? No, he came in before. Yeah, because I, I did it with, he, he when came he in, was doing it. Yeah, he was uh, – I don't know if he was running it at the time. Okay. He might have. I remember I just J- Jimmy Tingle yesterday. was the bartender. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy Tingle was the bartender when we were there yeah. and then eventually became one of the comedians. But you, oh, you spoke to Barry yesterday because he just filmed in Lawrence. He did yes. his specials yeah, with no, Louis Yeah, they, they went great too. So. Good to hear. Yeah. He, one show was especially – Really good, and uh, I said, "Well, that's good. You got one. That's all you need is yeah, one. All you need is one. You, you get know? some different angles from the so, audience in the second one. I really wanted to go, and I, I, I actually, but I just, you know, Lawrence, just Kansas. too busy. Yeah, I know. I wanted to go out there. I went out to his premiere for his film nice. uh, last year, and he's a dear friend. So yes. I mean, you know, he'll do anything for you. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. So anyway, all right. So the energy in Boston is amazing. There's a lot of clubs. There's incredible comedians. You decide to move to Boston. And the beginning of the 80s, I guess it is. Yeah, like in the mid-80s, right. I was there. Yeah, and that's when we met. I yeah. would come up there. I, you know, I quit stand-up after college in and, and Boston. I thought, ah, that was, you know, it was nice, it was fun, yeah. but I need a real career. And then I missed it. And then the opportunity came to run a comedy club. And they asked me in 1984, would you start a club? And I said, all right, I'll start it. Because I had known people who worked at the restaurant, mm-hmm. knew me from Emerson. Okay. And so then I was like, I saw you. I would come up to Boston all the time because there was a lot of money. It was fantastic. And yeah. I saw you up there, and you were hysterical. 
And I said, come to the club that I run yeah. in New York. And that's how we met. Right. Okay. So that was that the first time you were in New York doing stand-up? Uh, Paper Moon was 84, 85 when probably. we met. Probably. I mean, because I wasn't doing uh, Catch yet. You know, I, I, I don't think I was catch doing yet. Catch yet. You because know? you said you went to Catch because of Bob Fitzgerald. Bob Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons. And, yeah. His, and, his uncle Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh I'm just so trying to put it all together, I didn't, piece I didn't, it together. I finally got to catch probably after the paper moon, okay. you know, and then because I got an audition for Saturday Night Live, mm. and then I went down to catch, and then I hooked up with uh, the catch people. You know, they they, they ended up managing. How, me. How did the Saturday Night Live thing come about? It just came. I don't. I don't know how it came about. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, but they they liked me, and they. I went down and I was supposed to – this was this is probably in 86. Okay, you so know? That's, a, that's 10, 11 years into the, the show. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I, I, uh, so I got – you know, I got to meet Lauren and I went up to NBC and they mm-hmm. I, and he wanted me to be kind of like this year's Sam Kennison where I would just do, you know, my stand-up – I would do stand-up bits mm-hmm. on the show. And then uh, it didn't work out, you know. Right. So, you know, I, I never got to do my stand-up, but I did a couple of sketches. Dana said, why don't you put Kevin in that? Why don't you put Kevin in that? You know. Right. He was just like the greatest. Dana, who you knew from San Francisco. Yeah. So, uh, and I didn't get to do my stand-up. Buster Porndexter, he, it was either between me and him, and they chose him to do the... The, the goofy skits. The, uh, the special performance. Okay. So my stand-up was cut, and he got to... Do that hot, hot, hot. I don't right. know. Something Something stupid. hot. Something with hot. No, it. he was the hottest. He was unbelievable. He was. Well, you know? he was so, New York Dolls, and yeah, then he's yeah. Buster Poindexter. And so, I mean, I don't blame David them for Johansson. choosing him over me, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so and, and then I never went back to uh, to Saturday Night Live. But it was a great experience. I mean. Right. Well, they, they, this is before I had management. They uh, they said okay we're going to have you on this week. I said oh great. Mm. So I said this is fantastic. So I called everybody <laughs> and I said oh, I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live this All week. Right. You know, and so then you know that week comes up and I'm not on Saturday Night Live. And then they said well, we're going to have you on the following week. And then you know th- this would go over and over and over mm. again. So I called them. I go Can- I can't believe this. <laughs> you know you don't know how many people I've told. Right. All right. I, I, either you're going to put me on, or you're not going to put me on. I'm not telling anybody any anymore <laughs> that I'm on the show. I've bought clothes, <laughs> outfits, you know. And then they start I, scrambling. Oh, I'm, we got to get Kevin Meany on. You know how many scre- people he told. I'm screaming at them, <laughs> and then I slam the phone down. You know, and I go, "Well, I told them." Well, they, <laughs> so they call me. Okay, you're on this week. Ah. And so, and then they put me on. Wow. You know, and they they must have said the guy's nuts. You know, <laughs> he's. I'm yelling. No, no, at that, you know what they're thinking? They're saying, "Look, Kevin has so many friends and family, <laughs> and we're going to get ratings through the roof if we but put this kid on." I'm screaming at like one of the That's not Laura, but they one of the executive producers. I forget you her name. The shit out of the person. And I'm they, so uh, mad. We got to put him know? on because I would tell all the. And what did you do? What was the first thing you did? What was the the first skit you did, or the first? Did you do stand up? No, first I, I, I didn't do it. I, they, that <laughs> Buster Poindexter, he, they put him on instead of me. The so, week that they said we got to put him on. Yes, oh, and so God. I went in. I got all the pictures done, and we sat around, and 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 then I did it in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And then once the eleven thirty came up, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I had been cut. Did you do the pre-show with the, the yeah the pre-show? Show? Yes, okay. I did that. And it must have been exciting while you were doing yeah, that. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, because you got a big audience, and you know that just in a little bit, about an hour and a half from now, you're going to go live. Yeah. Well, I didn't go live. Right, but I did. Didn't. I went live in the sketches. So right. I had 
I was in, you know, two great sketches, and I was on with William Shatner. He was the host. Mm-hmm. So I did the uh, the one scene, uh, the Star Trek restaurant, mm-hmm. you know. Or there's a – it's a you guys are all losers. He's screaming at everybody because we're at a Star Trek convention. Right. So – and then I did the Wonderful Life sketch, which was, you know, Dana playing. Uh, now uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. And, uh, and Look at play, us with our impression. They, they play that every year. <laughs> So I always get right. a check from them. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. How much money have you made from that sketch over the years? Millions of dollars. I know. I, did a, I was working with Schimmel in uh, Kalamazoo, and he was doing his HBO special. Mm-hmm. And they said, will you lean in the mic and say, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Schimmel. I said, sure. Yeah. What the hell? I'm right there. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Robert Schimmel. They gave me an extra 500 for the week. I was opening mm-hmm. for him. I got like a $1,500 yeah. check. I made eighteen or twenty thousand dollars over the years in residuals. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Chimmel. That's wow, all that's I had great. to say. I know, fantastic. All right, so now we're in the eighties, and things are going pretty good for you. Yeah. you know, you're you're being considered for Saturday Night Live. That's a pretty big yeah. thing. So you get then you get management out of then that. I got, and, then I got the I got management after that, and then I got on the uh, Tonight Show. That was the first. No, thing. I that think was before, I did. Didn't HBO? I think HBO first. HBO was first. I thought. Yeah, yeah, HBO was first. And how did that come about? I don't know. I don't know how that came about. God, that I was sh- pretty big. That's, yeah, that, that was, was big. That was just and, a and, big first break. And really. we filmed that out in San Francisco at the Fillmore. <clears throat> nice. And uh, who'd you have with you? Did you have anyone open for you? One of the, some no, of those guys? No, no. It was they had shot a lot of them all, you know, all at once. I got you. So uh, I was just, you know, you know, the next comedian comes in, so they'd reset the stage, right. you know, with your, your you know, background, right? And they did a great job. They were they were one night stands. They called yeah. them, you know, HBO's one night stands, and I did that, and and I got a really good placement. When they aired it, because they aired it right before, I think they aired it after a Tyson fight. Mm. You know, I don't know which one, but it just right. blew up. And then right. I did the Tonight Show after that. Did you get the Tonight Show because of the HBO thing, or had Maybe. you been working? I mean, you didn't get if you would have done the HBO show and then you would have done the pot, th- you know, cleaning the pots, uh, the pot cleaning thing when you were fourteen. You've already forgot the story. No, I didn't. Me. I didn't oh, okay. forget the story. You, the way you're looking at me, like what pot? You know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, am I? Is this Kevin Meany still? No. What um, are you? What are you trying to say? I'm saying I was uh, goofing off in that section of the thing. What I'm saying is that they saw you on the HBO show and said, "We got to put this guy on the Tonight Show." Is really what I'm saying. I, you know, I think they came back again to New York, and they and this time I was probably living in New York. And they would always come in to catch, right? You know, to look for you know comedians, you know. And Jim McCauley saw me again in New York, opposed to Boston, which was a few years before that. Gotcha. So McCauley was doing it when Stephen Wright was there. Yes, he was. Okay, yeah, Jim right. McCauley. So right. uh, that's when I got it uh, the first time. Uh, and I know, you know, we were all excited. I mean, all your friends, we. Oh my god! So we, you know. It was must-watch TV yeah. for all all of your friends, and it was just such a killer set. It was so. I remember Colin so, saying that Colin uh, Quinn. Colin Quinn saying, "Don't do I don't care." Really? And uh, why did he say I, that? He goes, "You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to get it." I remember <laughs> him telling me that, and I go, "What are you talking about? You know, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, it's already it's locked in. Mm. You know, and and that became this. It, it was so much fun, you know, do that because Johnny, you could see him. Howling, laughing. This is like yeah. the, you know, 
My jokes don't go over. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Zoom, <laughs> zoom, zoom. <laughs> so yeah. And it was silly, and he loved that. Yeah, I he mean, loved it. Yeah. yeah, you could tell. And he just was enamored by you. Yeah. And it was so fun to watch and, you know, to see your friends do so well on that show because not everyone – did well. Not everyone got the th- the the okay sign and all that kind of stuff. But but he gave me the okay yes. sign, and then after uh, the we during the commercial, uh, Jim McCauley's. I'm still backstage, and Jim goes, uh, you know, he wants to reintroduce you. He wants to bring you out. Mm. So I said, okay. So he goes, you got to be funny. <laughs> and I'm backstage. I go, well, what, what are you talking about? You know, mm. I just answer his questions. You know, right? I mean, I'm a wreck, nervous. You know, so. They come back from break and they go, uh, is that comedian still here? Did he split? <laughs> you know, I remember him like saying. Like you were going to go home. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, uh, got a, I got an appointment. Yeah, did he, did he take, did he, I remember he said, did he split? Did he split? <laughs> you know, you take off, where do you go? Well, why don't we bring him out here? So he introduced me again and we, and I was sitting next to Bob Newhart. He, nice. was, he was there. And, How cool uh, is that? Yeah, it was great. So Did Newhart say anything to you? Yeah, he was very, very uh, nice and pleasant and. You know, generous, right? Uh, you know, and it must be a huge thrill. I mean, calming, you know, there's you know. Carson, there's Newhart on left and yeah. right of you. Yeah, who else was there? Do you remember anybody else still on the couch? Uh, well, it's kind of Ch- all blurred. Charo, in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bing, Bing. Oh my God, it's after sex. Ay, ay, ay. I meant to say seats. I'm so crazy, aren't I, Johnny? Oh my God, I must go to the beach. Oh God, I said it again. I meant to say beach, and I said beach. Oh God, ay, ay, ay. Oh God, I'm so wasn't bad there. and dirty. Yeah, uh, I don't know if she was on, but I ha- I did. I ended up working with Chara once. I really? Think. Yeah, I think so. I think it was on a telethon or something. <laughs> Which telethon? Know, Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the beginning the impressions were lousy, but they're getting better. It's the pod- <laughs> Johnny was pretty good. The Chara was Wait right. Wait till I get into my Bing Crosby. Bing, Bing, Bing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on great. over here, bucket butt. All right, so things are going pretty good for you now, and. Uh, you know, you, HBO is not a little thing. It's huge. Yeah. Tonight's show is huger. Huge. What happens from this appearance on The Tonight Show? Uh, then uh, from that, I think, you know, the networks looked at me and I, you know, I started, uh, I did a pilot, I think, with uh, Joe Flaherty. Yes. And uh, from, from SCTV. SCTV and Anthony Newley. Ah, who, da- who, you know, David Bowie's mentor. Did you know that? No, that I didn't know that. If you listen to Anthony Newley, I learned this, that David Bowie's hero was Anthony Newley. Wow. Now listen to Anthony Newley and listen to Bowie, and you'll see kind that Bowie, of what kind of fool am I, churn and face the chain. It's the same and guy. And he wrote so many great songs, Incredible, Anthony Newley. Anthony Newley. And he was a really good actor. Yes. And now Broadway, he's, Man of La Mancha. Yeah. No, I don't think he didn't have been to La Mancha. Didn't he? No. What kind of fool? All right. Uh, we'll look it up later. Yeah, look Google it up later. later. Google give it. A, give us a call. Uh, but anyway, so you're working, you know, uh, the, from the Tonight Show, and we did a pilot, and I, that was in the '80s, and it was during the, a writer strike. Mm-hmm. So you know, there was no Joe had written it, and Joe Flaherty had written it, and there were some other people, and they, you know, it was just a mess, you know, this pilot, and I got booked, I got uh, cast as Joe Joe Flaherty's uh, best friend. Gotcha. And we owned a fish and chips shop. <laughs> yeah. And something like that. And uh, Anthony Newley, he was the head of the fish and chips. Oh, of course, he was you Mr. Know? Chips. And, and we we had we had <laughs> like uh, you know we had one of his stores, and he would have to come in every right. But uh, 
it didn't go well. Right. You know. So yeah, because we've never heard of it. Since. It, it aired yeah. once. Did it? It aired, and in the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. perfect. And I was, you know, and I remember going out and getting the ratings, and you know, mm. and I go, even though we, I, you know, they had said it's not going anywhere, they're still airing it, you know, as a summer uh-huh. thing. And I go, well, the ratings will probably be good. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you called everyone you knew, you know, and I looked at the, and they were like, you know, the bottom, they were on the bottom. <laughs> it was dead last. Right. And I go, well, I guess that, well, not it, it helped work up. for you in the San Francisco competition. You're 39 out of 40. <laughs> yeah. So this is the same kind of thing. <laughs> so it's pretty good. But then from that, I think I got Uncle Buck. Right. That's what so, I was going to say. You probably, Uncle Buck was huge. And it, yeah. it was a John Candy movie. And now they want to make a sitcom out of it. And you're Uncle Buck. Yep. You get to be Uncle Buck. You're the lead in a sitcom. Yeah. So now this now things are, you know, just oh, incredible. It's big. Yeah, big, 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 it's big. It's really big. Gr- good. Yeah. All right. So what's what's next? Now, look, all this, you're on Broadway. You're doing all these other kinds of things. But after Uncle Buck, and it didn't, it lasted for a while. Uh, a year. But right. that was the, during the first Gulf War. So uh, mm-hmm. Uh, with George uh, George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, right? This was like ninety one, nineteen ninety ninety one, right? And so that's when we, you know we were airing our original episodes Perfect. of Uncle Buck. So then it was always, you know, uh, canceled because of the war, right? And so there would be you know this you know breaking news, and you know mm. we're going in. I remember you know watching it. You know I had a house in L.A. and mm. I was. Uh, you know, so you know the show is it's not on, but we're still making them, and you know, it would just be always you know one week, and okay, we're gonna we're going up again next week, and oh, it's canceled, you know, it's it's uh, postponed because of you know war coverage, yeah. and it was just frustrating and you damn know, war, and you know we got good ratings at first, and then they kept moving us around, and then right, and then I was out, you know, you know doing press in Minneapolis. Because uh, we were highly rated there, mm-hmm. and uh, we were doing press for the show, and then during the the little press junket, I we got canceled. So, God. which yeah. is disappointing. It but, is disappointing. You know. Lenny Clark had the same thing happen yeah. to him. With his show was amazing. The Olympics came on, and then they he never got. Yeah. And his show, he was on the cover of TV Guide, Lenny. Mm-hmm. And Lenny's show was smart and funny and yeah. great. And the same thing kind of happened to him because of some kind, not because of the your show was hilarious, and Lenny's show was hilarious and well written. But you know other factors well, come in. Well, who knows? In. You know, you know other factors. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with you, and that's show business. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So when 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 does Broadway come in your to the picture for you? Well, that's uh, you know then then you, you fast. You're back forward. out. and You're doing stand up like crazy. I'm doing stand up, and I'm working for HBO also. I'm doing mm-hmm. HBO Entertainment News. I'm a correspondent for them. Oh and I'm right, covering the Oscars and the Grammys. Did you and, like that? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh my god. That was like amazing, you know, just being able to, you know, go to the Oscars and go to the Grammys and then they have me cover. uh, I remember doing a spot for the Oscars Mm -hmm. and I was working in uh, South Carolina at a club. Right. And I said to HBO, I said, well, I said, I'm doing a club down in uh, South Carolina. Can can you send a crew down here and we can shoot the Oscar preview down here? And they said, yeah, we could do that. And you could ask people out on the street about what movies they saw and everything. 
And I said, okay, that sounds – and they go – And that's always been your specialty. Way yeah. back in Boston, you had the Sweeney Meanie show. Right. Outside of Stitches, you'd be interviewing people on the street. So this, this was secondhand for you. So I remember you know, going, oh, my God, look, there's the Confederate flag up there. Mm. Let's start – because I produced that segment. I go, let's start off on the flag <laughs> and then pan down to me. You know, so you know, which was I, I couldn't believe back then that yeah. they had a conf- really they have a fucking yeah. Confederate flag <laughs> up here. Are you serious? Yeah. So they sure uh, do. You know, and so we started off there, and then you know we went into the Oscar. You know, with all the predictions, uh, the predictions, of the and I, I think it was. God, I forget. The, yeah, I, I even forget the movies that we were doing then. Mm-hmm. But so I, I did, and they sent me to all these different places. That's great. You meet any interesting celebrities during that time, and uh, any any of your heroes or. I remember coming out of uh, uh, out of Jason, yeah, out of one of the uh, places out in L.A. after the Oscars, because then I went to the Oscars mm-hmm. after I did my little thing. I went there and we were interviewing uh, people, you know, the stars coming out of the you know parties and the restaurants and everything. Mm-hmm. And Barbara Walters was over there, and I said, "Barbara, can I interview you?" <laughs> Barbara, come over here. <laughs> come over here. We is HBO. Kevin Meany with HBO, and she kind of looks at me, and I and she no, and I go, now you're making me cry. <laughs> and everybody all around me, all the other correspondents from, they were howling, laughing. Oh, that's great. So it was uh, that's you know, sweet. And, pa- and Tom Hanks, he was so great. Mm-hmm. He came over and you know because he recognized me from Big, the movie. Yes. And I said, now you just won for – what movie did you win for? And he goes, Cincinnati. And that was because it was Philadelphia. Ah, right, he had won right, for Philadelphia. Right, right. So he had said that he had just won for Cincinnati. So, Yeah, and he's a huge stand-up comedy oh, fan. Oh, God, he's huge. the greatest. And, and he, he did that Punchline movie. Yes, right? which I yeah. liked. I yeah, liked I that movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was good. Barry Sobel was his coach. Yeah. It was pretty good. So that's pretty cool. And uh, all right, so you're doing this HBO show. And uh, what comes next? It's just more stand-up, stand-up, stand-up? Just more stand-up and, you know, like little, you know, movies and stuff. But mostly stand-up. And then, you know, I, I did, uh, you know, then I, I guess that was in the, the 90s, you know. And then I was living in California. And I had, a, I had a great, you know, I moved out there for Uncle Buck. And then you a, stayed there. And I stayed there. And I had a great house. And I had a great life out there. And I mm-hmm. would... Basically, you know, I'd go out on a lot of auditions and, you know, and then on the weekends I would fly someplace to do my stand-up, do stand-up and then fly right. back, you know. Yeah. Do you ever do Europe or any of those kind of places? No, not really. I, I've done Ireland, the comedy festival over there, and I've, but I would like to go to, uh, you know, Europe. And I've done a little bit in England, but I, I would I like to. I think you would do amazing there. Yeah. You ever go to the Galway Festival? No. That's a great one. Every the end of October every year. It's an amazing festival and it's one of those where it's not about the press or it's yeah. it's just the best comics doing really great stuff. I would love to get I think get you'd some be amazing there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you could book I me can, there. I can make help. some phone I, calls. I make phone calls. Or I can text, send emails. Text emails. Yeah, text. I'll send emails to these people. Yeah, that would be fun. I, I think the guy calls me all the time uh, yeah. recommendations. That's why yeah. I asked the question because I just thought about yeah. it. Um but anyway, so, yeah, no, I think you'd do really well there. But you stayed mostly around New York. You'd go back to Boston, of course, because... Yeah, that, I go back to Boston sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm just, you know, I'm just working as much as I can now, you know, yeah. and i uh doing all sorts of things, you know, but then, you know, then I got married, yes. you know, so... Well, the first time, the first time, or Mar- I know Marianne. Yeah, Marianne. Okay. Did you that, get, but, get married once before? I was. Okay. I was, uh, and that was, it was during a Stephen Wright thing. Mm, so a Stephen we, Wright thing? 
Well, he was doing a show up in uh, Las Vegas, and we were living. I was living in uh, L.A. And LA. he came out to see Stephen, and we went out. It was I remember it was Ken Ober was yes. with us, and we and Henriette Mantel, right? Who I and, just had dinner with, and there was a bunch of uh, people. Uh, we were up there to see Stephen do his concert mm-hmm. and hang out. And go to Vegas for fun, you know? Of course. And I said, okay. And, you know, and I was, this was before I was, I think I was 39. Mm -hmm. I was definitely 39. And I was panicking because I wasn't married. And everybody's going to think I'm gay because I'm not married. (laughs) And meanwhile, I am gay. Right. You know, I'm not married. And and not married. And I'm, I'm just... I'm going but through at the time, a, I'm you going, were going through a thing and you were... But I knew it. I knew I was gay, but I, I couldn't admit it to myself, even though I knew it in my own brain. Right. So uh, I kept saying, if I'm not married, everybody's going to think I'm gay. Right. So, and that scared you because, you, well, you know, the way, the, the, conce- the, the perception is the word I wanted to Well, first to of all, stand-up is not a gay-friendly, you know, right. it, it, it was all men, Basically, yes. you know, and they're all they all want waitresses mm-hmm. and they all want hot chicks, you know, and they and want to be a pressure funny. on you that you didn't really need or want. You probably wanted a scenario where it was a more comfortable. Scenario I wanted for- I had everything. I had a house. I had a new car. I had a great life in L.A. and I had everything. It was the table was set. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I didn't have uh, was a wife. Mm-hmm. And children. My brothers were married. My sister was married. All my... Was there pressure from your family? Not really, but I put the pressure on myself because, you know, all my high school buddies were married. All mm-hmm. my college friends were married. And how come you're not married? How come you don't have a girlfriend? And I was like, well, you know, I had a girlfriend, but, I, you know, she's nuts. You right. know, I had a breakup. Why did you did break you, up? Did, she's did... nuts. That's why. Right. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not right. the crazy one. She's crazy, you know. And you. after the first date was always, this is the one. I love her. I love her. Ask anybody, you know, from Boston. You know, right. I'd go out on a date and i go, oh, this is, I love her. Oh, my God. This is the one. You know, and I was like, I, I was such a romantic that I, you know, I, you know, I, I would do everything. You know, I would be so romantic, you know. And then, you know, a week later, I would hate her. So I, and that Vegas that night, I said, you know, I was there, you know, with Henriette was at the bar. It was me and this other girl, Leanne. I, mm-hmm. think, was, I think her name was Leanne. Not even sure. I married her, but right. I don't even know her just name. Just go look at an old birth certificate. So, look, Google uh, it. Look it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Henriette said something like, you know, why don't we get married? And so I said, I'm not marrying you. And so she turned. She goes, why don't you marry me? And I said, I'll marry you. And so we took off. And went to one of the Vegas marrying places. Well, we had to, we had to get a license, and then right. we went to then we went to a drive through and got married, Ugh. like that. And then you know, and I was I was drinking, but I wasn't like you know I wasn't it wasn't tattoo drunk. It wasn't blackout. You know, right? I got you. I I wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. I go maybe if I just marry her, everything's going to be fine, and nobody's going to think I'm a homo. Right. You know, there was some weird and stuff. it's odd because you know. You wouldn't. You said earlier, and it's important, you know, that people know that there's a there's this dichotomy. You know, there's constant feeling that you have, and you have to try. You're trying to please other people, really, instead of pleasing yourself or finding out about who yourself is. And so, you know, it must have been really difficult. It must have been a really hard. It must have been hard. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to force that answer on you, but you know the you know getting getting married to this woman I really didn't know. I mean, it was exciting, and I was like, okay, now I'm married, you know. And we uh, 
and I said, "This is gonna, this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. This is the only way it's gonna work." You know, and and she's great. She's funny. And then the next day, we're driving back to L.A. and, you and your wife, me and my wife, and I, I don't like her anymore. Mm. You know, and I want to leave her in the desert. Right. Basically, you know, I want to yeah. leave her at the McDonald's in the desert, and I just want to, and I can't. It's bad enough you're going to leave her in the desert, but leave her at McDonald's. And in the she's desert. and she's redecorating my house. Oh. You know, uh, and that was your job. You know, yes, <laughs> I loved what I did with my house. You know, it yes. was great. So I, uh, you know, soon after that, after we got home, I dropped her off at her apartment, and because she was getting her things to bring over to her new oh. house. You know, was did like, she live in L.A. at the she time? She lived in L.A. Also. Oh, so oh God! Now she's coming over, and I called the lawyer, my lawyer, and I said I have to get out of this. You oh, know, God. well, when she comes over, tell her that you no longer want to cohabitate. <laughs> you know, that, remember to you know say those words exactly. Right. Okay. And uh, it was in Variety that I was married, mm. you know, and Kevin Meany got married last night. Mrs. Buck. You know, and uh, <laughs> this is a few years after oh, okay. Uncle Buck. But, but you uh, know how Variety is, like, yeah. Aunt Buck. So, <laughs> so I had a, you know, and then, and I had gone out with Marianne the year before, uh-huh. and I had broken up with her. And uh, so then I ended up writing this show about my marriage you know, to, to Leanne or whatever her name was. You well, her name was Jeannie. Oh, Jeannie. In, the, in my show, Jeannie Meanie. Okay. Oh, right. And uh, Steve Martin came to see it. That's pretty amazing. And that was the first time you met him? Yes. Coming to your show. Yeah. Ah. And, and he howled laughing, you ah. know, watching, you know, this, uh, this show that was called Wedding Vows in Vegas, how I mm-hmm. got married to a woman I didn't know, you know, in Vegas one night, you know. And, and where'd you do this show? I did it at the Aspen Comedy Festival, gotcha. and then I did it at Harvard, mm-hmm. the Hasty Pudding Theater, yes. for a summer. Very nice. And so they had uh, the you know producers loved it, and they came in and they they set up uh, the Hasty Pudding Theater for me. They rented yeah. me an apartment for the summer. Beautiful place, looking over the Charles River. It mm-hmm. was just, you know it was everything, everything, and the and the it was the the show was good. You know, it was a good show, mm-hmm. but it, there was. There were some problems with it because at the end of the show, I go, well, I guess I'm just, you know, instead of, if you look at the show, you know, I look at the show every once in a while and I'd like to kind of bring it back because it's really the first act, you know. The first act is, will you like it? The, the, I, I like it as a first, but I did, never had a, I, the show never ended well. You know, it was like all this great stuff and people were laughing and then the ending was just like – the ending should have been, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. That's what the ending should – and that's gotcha. why, you know – but the ending was, well, I need to – I belong in a cage, mm. you know. And a cage came down from uh. the, you know, the rafters and then I sang like, you know, all shut I up don't or care. something, something <laughs> stupid. And it was kind of left as an empty. It was like, well, there, there really was something there's, – there's another reason why – Well, it's the you know, same thing when writing there. material or writing any show – you know, you're, you're almost like workshopping it at yeah. the time, and now you know because your life has come to this point that I, I got the ending. Well, I didn't realize the ending until you know, fifteen Today. twenty years later, right? You know, because then I got you know, then I went back and Marianne and I went you know went out for a year again, mm-hmm. and then we got married, and then we had a ten year of uh, you know marriage, you know, and on top of that, I was. You know, on depression medication, and you know that kind of brings everything and down. What and, was the depression from? What uh, was it? Being well, married and not really being able to be your true self again. I don't, I don't want to be a therapist here or a psychologist and guess. So tell me. 
I, th- I think the depression, you know, it was I got on it uh, soon after. I think I got on it after uh, the the Vegas show, you know, mm-hmm. Vegas vows, right? And I was just, you know, just a mess. You know, I mean, I I, I just couldn't. I wasn't happy. I wasn't right. happy at all. And there was this, you know, the, the Prozac and all that drugs yeah. were coming out and stuff. And my doctor recommended that I take that. And I remember. T- taking it the first time, and I was going, "Oh my God, this is how normal people feel." Mm. Oh my God, I feel so good, Interesting. you know. And and so I stayed on it for like twenty years. Mm. Every day I would take the, take the. Pill. Do you regret it that you that you did it and stayed on it for twenty years? Or uh, did it help you? It did help me absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then I went off it again, mm-hmm. and uh, then I had a, I had to go back on it. So yeah, I, it was you something you have to wean yourself. No, off I of. did. I, I was off it for years, mm. and then I it just you know the cloud came back, and mm-hmm. I go, and I had I seriously had to go back on it again. A lot and, of people don't realize how intense it is. Dick Cabot was talking about depression, and he said, you know, it's like there's a stick in front of you that will is the answer to all your problems, and you just can't reach out as hard as you can to grab that stick, you know that that yeah. whatever it is to do that, you know. I mean, I think. Comedians are not always depressed, but we have the ups and downs are so high. Well, I, th- I think everybody, you know, goes through this. It's just not comedians, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not just comedians, but we, you know, our highs are so high sometimes that well, our lows are it. so low. The highs are incredible, and mm-hmm. the, the lows are, you know. Equally. Yeah, I mean, they're bad. And yeah. it's like, and I know when it's coming. I can feel it when it's coming. I was going, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not you know have an episode here you know but mm. you know they would get it would get really bad right and 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 I would I would do a show and I would be like it would be a standing ovation people would be cheering and I and I would get in the car and I'd start start crying mm-hmm. you know it's like yes. you know it's like why and people could snap out of it and you just, you can't you just can't snap out no, of it no you can't so I you know I got on this and I started you know seeing a psychiatrist and all mm-hmm. that and trying to. And a lot of it is career, you know, uh, how come I didn't get this or how come I didn't get this? And because your highs were so high. You had a sitcom that you were the yeah. lead. You had an HBO special. You worked for HBO. You worked the Oscars. Yeah. It's hard to keep that forever and ever. Like one, six people get that forever and ever. And everyone else has to keep working and working and working. Even those people have to work. Yeah. So it's not that easy to continue that pace. No, it's not. So, but I, you know, I continued to work, and you know, I was just kind of out there on the road doing and doing well, right? And then I got, uh, you know, when I got married, and I was, you know, Marianne was working a lot, and right. I was taking care of Kate. So right. there was like, you know, those your daughter, my daughter, for the first few years, you know, she would go back out on the, you know, she'd be traveling all over the place, and I would take care of Kate when she went, you know. What on did Marianne do? I, you know, she worked at that time. She worked for Fox International. And she was the senior vice president of Fox International, and she'd have to fly to South America and mm-hmm. Europe, and I would have Kate, Kate with you know. You. Yeah. So you know, I would I would take care of her while she went away, you know, and then she'd come back, and then she'd have to go away again, and then I'd have to go away. So, and then after nine eleven, uh, we were out in California. I said, let's move back to New York. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. Why nine why, why eleven well, made well, you want to move had, to New York? Uh, she wasn't working for Fox anymore. They had. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotten rid of her division or something mm-hmm. and she was kind of shut out of that and she had a you know but they they had a contract to pay her for another few years so i said well why don't we just start over in new york you know and i can you know we can 
And Kate was little. I didn't want her growing up in L.A. And she was missing her grandparents and her cousins. And where, all were, that. where were they? Where were they? They're living? all in New York. They're okay. all in the metro area here. Okay. So and and Marianne's parents were they were in although they were in Florida they would always come up because their their uh, children were up in New York. You I know? guess so they would fly yeah. back up all the time, drive up, you know, right. that whole thing. So. We decided to move to New York, and then I started auditioning for Broadway shows and things like that. And why, do you, did, was that always a dream for you? Uh, not really. I mean... Uh, did you go as a kid all the time with your no, folks? No, we didn't have any of that. We didn't have that kind of money to go to a Broadway show. I think we, I, I, we went in high school. Because you were doing plays in college, and yeah. that was huge for you. But you know, Broadway tickets—they were expensive. We yeah. didn't, you know, we hardly went to the movies. You mm, know, so yeah. you know, my dad was a fireman. My mom worked at the library. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a lot of money to. Okay, why don't your kids go to a Broadway show? <laughs> we weren't even allowed to go into the city. You're not going to that city. <laughs> city in the seventies was horrible. It was dangerous. The war. You know, you're not going down there. You'll be killed. <laughs> don't be going. And I still have friends that won't even go into the city. You know? I know. They think it's they still live in the Westchester. 70s. They go. Oh no, I'm not going down there. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's my Robin Williams brother. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, no. The mm-hmm. Robin Williams would ask my impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you're auditioning for Broadway shows, and you get one. And but The I, lead I, I remember in I, one. I, 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 the producers was up, uh, you know, with Nathan Lane and right. Matthew Bruddock, so they call me to audition for the producers. I go in five times, and I keep giving them, and, I, and I'm working with a local dance teacher in Tarrytown, because mm-hmm. we're living in Tarrytown, and and she's helping me with uh, moves. What and, about your mentor? Was he in? in no, Baltimore? he was in Florida, okay. retired. You know. Okay, I'm sorry. So and the, the and, and he had called me. This is weird because you know just back up a little bit. The night I did Saturday Night Live right. in 1986, the next morning I'm staying with my parents. You know, up in uh, White Plains, and the phone rings, and uh, it's Tom Kutches, and he goes, Kevin, how are you? I just wanted to call you, and I go, well, obviously, you saw me on Saturday Night Live last night, and is probably very proud of me, you know, and uh, is, you know, just wants to congratulate me and wish me everything, and I go, so what's up? What, what's the call for? He goes, well, I'm uh, managing a restaurant in North Carolina. I thought maybe you'd like to, uh, you know, come down and join me. I go, what? I said, I was on Saturday Night Live last night. And I thought oh, he and he get, had no idea. No, he had no idea. That's hilarious. You know, and I thought he was calling me to, you know, you know, say that he's so proud of me and everything. Of course, you know. But it's great. You ass- the assumptions yeah. that it's gonna, you know, people are gonna come up to. It's that old, that old joke where, like, you know, someone says, "We take a picture of us," yeah. you know, instead of taking the picture with you and them. <laughs> um, all right, so you do this. Uh, so I do, I do I do the uh, producers I, I, with uh, Nathan Lane. Well, but you know they're not in the room. Oh, and, you have that, the, and you were starting to say you had a dance coach up, yeah, up there, up in Tarrytown, and, and she's coaching me and she's helping me, you know, uh, you know, with this part. And I go in for the last audition, and you know they kept calling me back, and I didn't get it, and I was like, no. and so I, I didn't get it. I went in like five times, and I was like totally broke down. I can't. I, what do you mean I didn't get it? Mm-hmm. They had me back five times. You know why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they give it to me? You know, what do I have to do? What more, what more do I have to do to get a job? And then the next week, they uh, hairspray called and said, "Would you come in to audition?" Mm. And I said, "Okay, this is the last time. I'm not going. I'm not auditioning anymore. I got so upset, you know." Right. And I go in. and I got it. And it was like, wow. And so that was like, and that was like five years. I mean, yes. I, 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 
I did Toronto for a year, mm-hmm. and then I did Broadway for almost four years. Is that years. how it works? They, um, it's like a farm team in Toronto? No, not you're... right. No, it was a new company. It was okay. a new company in Toronto. So the same director and choreographer and everybody that there was opening up a new company in Toronto. And I didn't think – and I, I don't want to go to Toronto. I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go there. But it was a good – It's a good city. It's a great city, and it was a, it was a good paycheck. Right. But I'd be away from my family for mm-hmm. the whole week, and then I could come home on my one day off, which was Monday. pathetic. Right. You know. But they came up also. Kate was of little, course. and Marianne and Kate would come it was up. It a thrill for them. So See friends Papa. would come up. And, uh, so, and then as soon as, as soon as that closed, it was probably you know, a few months after that closed that I got a call from New York and said, you want to join the New York wow. uh, cast? And I was like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> That's outstanding. So, you so know, what was the first night on Broadway like for you? Well, to back up a little bit, Tom mm-hmm. Gutchis flew up from Florida, him and Carol, his wife, flew right. up to see my debut on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So that was unbelievable. Right. That's so you know? nice. So, I mean. That's sweet. That. Yeah, it really good is. good for you, you know. It really is very sweet. Yeah. So, and I remember Barry Crimmins sent flowers. Nice. Now, there's a big, you know, lug Barry. Yeah. You know, Flowers is big a, a se- sensitive, you know. Yeah. He really but he's a sweet, sweet is, man. That's you what know? I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. So, and so I stayed in that for, you know, many years. Mm-hmm. And as the years went on there, you know, I kept, you know, it was like this new world that I'm in. Yes. That everybody, first of all, it's the gayest show in the world, Hairspray. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it just be, should be called gay. <laughs> Instead of hairspray, gay, gay, spray, gay, spray. gay spray. It rhymes. You know, gay, 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 gay. gay. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the cast is gay. Everybody backstage is gay. Right. Every, everybody, there is just like this big gay world. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying everybody would, but right. there was a but lot. Of, there was a lot of gay there. You know, right. So, and where were you in your head about this? I was thing like, at the point. I'm married. I'm, I'm married, and I have a wife, thing. and I have, and but beautiful all little the, girl, beautiful little girl, and. <laughs> And now I, I I go to the stage door and I go beyond that stage door and it's this gay world that I'm in that I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. And I realize, I, even though I knew all the way in the back of my head that I was, mm-hmm. and I'm falling in love with all these people, right. you know? And I'm going, this is, this is really where I should be, you know, as a person. This must have been huge for you. This was, well, this was everything. And so, and now I, I'm going to, you know, as the years went on, I... You know, I befriended one of these you know, one of the actors in the show, and we became best friends. And we just started talking about everything, and you know, I kind of came out to him. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? And I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, you know." So I started making some decisions that I was gonna come out, right. and and I was gonna be honest with myself, and and you know. It's it probably you know if you are going to come out, you might as well have a job on Broadway. It's yeah, the that's be- a, best the place best to come possible out. way to yeah. come out. You know, I'm not out on the dock. I'm not down at the dock saying, "Hey, fellas, yeah. you know, I got <laughs> something to tell you." you know, I, hey, Kevin, wait. We, let, it, let me finish the sandwich. Hold on, hold on. I've got something to tell you guys. This is big news. But you know, on Broadway, it's like, oh my god. You know, we right. knew it. We knew it when you got here. Yeah. And the guys are sewing dresses. Who is that for? It's for me. I'm making my own dress. You know. And it's just like this big gay. And so I, I came out to the cast. Right. Now I, now they know. Then I start telling friends, and, and, and how do you feel? 
I feel, right. I feel, I feel, but now, but I, I've got to tell Marianne. Right, <laughs> I've got to. That's pretty intense. It's, it's terrible. Right. How do I tell? How do you tell your wife you're gay? How right. do you do that? You know, yeah. so it was very difficult, and it was, you know, equally as hard for her. Because, you know... There's an emotional investment involvement for her. Well, and she was glad that, you know, it wasn't another woman. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it was, you know, as I think back now, it was like, do you have to tell everybody, Kevin? And I was like, I do. I do have Mm -hmm. to. And and maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know. So that's, so you regret that. You regret... (laughs) I regret, I regret a lot of things. Right. You know, know, I should have done things differently. And, you know, Kate was seven at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and now she's in first grade or something like mm-hmm, that, yeah. you know. But she's she's got the best gaydar ever, ever Kate. She's so yeah. good, you know. But now it's easier for her now. You right. know, now she's like – How be, old is she she's, now? I don't know. Okay. Uh, no, she'll be, she'll be 17 uh, this sure? year. Be sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm, right. yeah, I'm pretty sure. So uh, – so now it's it's different, you know. It's 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 good for her and Marianne and I have a great relationship. Yes, I've, you know? I've noticed that. So that we're I've actually all having dinner tonight, you know, in New York. So it'll be fun. That's pretty good. So um, all right. So now you you were t- telling me something. I want to uh, ask you about that because I uh, you said you have some regrets and you regretted that you told so many people. And why do you regret that? you Well, told I, so many I think people? I should have uh, been Just, more sensitive and and uh, talked this over with Marianne first before I, you know, went out on a full bender telling everybody that. But this was so exciting for you to. But I was married and I have a commitment and I have a child and I I should have, you know, went, you know, to tell, I told my parents and everybody and my, you know, everybody, my brothers and my sister and my parents and. And How did they react? And my, my, they were over, overjoyed. That's nice. They couldn't be happy. We should have told you years ago. (laughs) You know, you know, I knew this was coming. You know, it's like mm. I, they, they, yeah, they knew. You know, my my mom knew. You know, so I do a line in my act. They get, you know, did your mom ever think you were gay? Well, you, I, I say, mom, did you ever think I was gay? You were always answering the door. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, <laughs> it doesn't but mean you know, it, it's it's funny. Yeah, I get a laugh off it on, yes. on stage. Yeah, not here because we're two of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but you know, so I should have gone to Marianne first, right. and told her, and we should have had a discussion about it, opposed to so telling going everybody. On the air. <laughs> well, I didn't go on the air, but basically, I, I did. And Joy Behar was calling the house, and Marianne was like, "Joy knows." I go, "Joy knows," and Susie knows. Susie knows. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, it should have been. I should have been a bit, a little bit more discreet about it, and you know, and 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 looking I, back, looking you know, back, but I what can you do? How can you make you, those decisions yeah. and know what to do? What's right? All these emotions are coming out of you, and they're coming so fast and furious, and then you're just reacting to it. So you can't beat yourself yeah. up about it. And I was in gay spray, right? You know, and, and it was like, you and know, you, were, you had a support system. It was oh fantastic. my god, I had the best support system. Don't yeah. worry about it. You know, you're, don't, we'll take care of you here. Because a lot of people you know? don't have that support system. And, and, they, it was, and it was like my life, because I was like there most of the day. Right. And at night. So I'd have to go in to do, you know, uh, understudy rehearsal because mm-hmm. I was an understudy for Edna and Wilbur. So I would have to do mm-hmm. extra, just not the shows. You'd have to go into rehearsal and you'd have to be prepared in case you had to go on. New people are coming to the show. You'd have to rehearse with them mm-hmm. during the day. And so it was a big job, yeah. you know, and a, and a lot of time away from home. And all my time, you know, in this world of gayness, mm-hmm. you know, which I was just embracing, you know, I was like, 
I'm just like you. Yeah. We're, we're, we're exactly the same. You, you know? know, and all these other years before that, you were holding it in or not wanting to. Well, I, you know, I knew it, but I was like, you know, in the stand-up world, you know, it was like just, mm-hmm. it was so, you know, especially in the 80s. I remember Joe Campiola coming. You remember Joe? Yeah, I do. Very he would well. He would come to Boston and yeah. then, oh, faggot, you know, right. fucking faggot guy. You know, what is he fucking doing? You know, fucking mm-hmm. homo. Right. Shit, you know, he's a fucking fag. And then you hear that and everyone's and laughing and, and they're going, all, Oh yeah. my God, Jesus. I can't ever, say this to people. You know, I can't. Oh God, what, you know, they're going to, you know, yeah. I, I know what these guys, and they go, you see that girl over there? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm marry her. Oh my God, <laughs> she's hot. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you always had a, you know, girl going down the street. You see that one? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. But you know what? Always like I said, stuff, you this know, regret is something it's hard to you're you're sitting there, you're in it, you're not looking at it from an outside perspective. You yeah. know, you so it's hard even though you have these regrets, you know, you don't get to you don't get to look at it in a, the movie of that yeah, and I make know, decisions you don't. out of that. You, you don't, but uh, but looking back, I you know you wish are, it was different. It you was wish different. you would have you know, make I'm, that move. But I'm glad with the outcome I have today, and I have a still have your beautiful family. They and they, we do. We we spend all our holidays together. Yeah, we have a, a beautiful relationship. Uh, you know, although my daughter's you know she's at that age where she's like, oh, I hate you so much, <laughs> and she'll get you over know, that. You know, the other day, like you know, I said she's going to a concert. It was the last day at school. Mary, what concert was she seeing? She know? went to some concert at Randall's Island. You know, okay. it was like an all day thing. Mm-hmm. I said, just be careful there, okay? There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> you know, don't. You know, I said, you know, don't be. T- you know, I said, don't be taking the Molly. I'm not taking Molly. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not on the Molly. I'm not on <laughs> you sound like you're and on so, Molly. And so I, uh, you know, hanging up. He says I'm on Molly, mommy. I'm not on a Molly, Molly. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, why did I even say that? You know. Yeah. All right. All this stuff has happened. It's really great stuff. You're back out doing stand up. You're kind of taking care of your health. It goes back and forth like that. You have this family. What's next for you? What's What's next? Oh well, uh, I, I should have an answer for that. You yeah. don't have to. You know, so you don't have uh, well, to. I don't think people need goals because who would have thought you would have been on the Tonight Show? Who would have thought yeah. you would have been on Broadway? Who would have thought you would have been yeah. during the Academy Awards dressed up and talking to these people? Yeah. You don't plan any of that stuff. No, I mean, I would. Uh, I would like to write a book. Mm-hmm. So I do have fiction. Somebody, you know, no, uh, okay. you know, kind of a memoir gotcha. thing because I've got so many crazy stories that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just you know with. Even since I was a little kid, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, just bizarre, crazed hospital visits, things like that. Like, well, tell me about the hospital visit. Well, you know, I was a, I went down medical history. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a little kid, I, I had a peanut stuck in my lung. Mm-hmm. I had stolen a bag of peanuts. Have a peanut. From, had a peanut. <laughs> so, uh, my friend, we were swimming, and he had got a bag of peanuts, and I stole them from him, Seamus mm-hmm. Cunningham, and I'm running. And he's chasing me, and I'm trying to eat the peanuts before he catches me. And I throw them in the air, and you know, and uh, one goes in my lung. Uh, so this is before all, they had ether to put put you out. Ether, mm, yeah, like what you would start a car with, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the Ethernet. Isn't that how you? And that, no, no, <laughs> that's different. And that's different. But uh, and I had an oxygen tent. You know, I was uh, in an oxygen because I couldn't breathe. I was in first grade. And parents are coming in smoking. How are you doing today? Put out the cigarette. Put out the cigarette, Daddy, Mommy. 
him in an oxygen tent. So, but I was operated on four times to get that thing out. Right. Wow. You know, and wow. They, they, and they, they they had a new procedure. They had to go down with the scope, and then God. they pulled it out at the, through my esophagus into my lung. Mm-hmm. You know, and they pulled the peanut out. You know, and it was four times to operate. Four times that mask going on you. I was in the hospital for a month. Yeah. You oh know? my God. That's crazy. So, so you want to write stories, memoirs. I'm doing that. I've written 155 stories you, as of this thing. Yeah, right unbelievable now. stories on Facebook. Yeah, I put about half of them on to get feedback. And what else? What about film? I know you've done a bunch of film, but anything well, I, like that I would, you? you know, I would love to do – listen, I can, I'll do anything, yeah. basically. You, you want know? to be in show business. I want to you're be – You're I, in show I business. I want to continue to be in show business. Yes, it's so, a very good thing. Uh, Isn't it amazing how you see Rickles or you remember George Burns? People never stop wanting yeah. to do it. It's a thrill every night to get on stage. People have no idea. Well, it's like, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, it's a tightrope act. You know, stand-up is. You never know what's going to happen. So you're on the tightrope, and it can, you know, you can make it across. Mm-hmm. And some, some nights you don't make it across, you know, but, or, or you'll struggle to get across. But the more you do it. The more you do it, it's good. But there's always, you know, these shows that just, you know, you never, you know. They don't buy you. You come yeah. off and they don't. They just your attitude is you might be in a different head, and yeah. they don't. You think they're going to love you immediately, yeah. which is what I've done. You and, you know from the minute you get on stage how yeah. the you know I I can size up the audience in like ten seconds, yes, and go okay, this is going to be a good show, and it's yeah. going to be easy. Yeah. And do you watch the uh, the other comedians before? I do. You? Sometimes I do to get I mean, the feel of the audience. Not for the feel of the audience, but just to see. Uh, what they're doing, and you know, I don't, I don't want to do the same bit that maybe they're doing or something. Okay. You know, you uh, find any young comedians you've seen lately that you like? Oh my god, I like uh, so many comedians. You yeah, know? me too. It's you been know, great. They're, they're great. Yeah, so it's good. It just continues on, and it's yeah. nice to be able to be the mentor or to at least t- tell us some of these kids. You look, you got something. Don't stop. Yeah, which is good. And you know, but you, a lot of it is the. A lot of it is rehash stuff that's been done for years and years. Yeah. It's like baseball, you know. It's like throwing that same pitch again. You know, right. he's doing the slider. He's doing the, the you know, he's. But the bottom line is that laugh that we yeah. get, and that we chase for the rest of our lives. Yeah, and it's great continue. getting. I mean, I did that gig uh, for you the other night right. up in. Uh, Ter- uh, not starts uh, Rowayton. Rowayton, yeah. And they were, like, amazing. They and asked they, you. You're the first yeah. person they asked a second year in a row yeah. to have that. Uh, we had a great time. Yeah. So it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I, you, you get high from it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I left that night going, oh, my God, I'm like the king. Yeah. You know? I understand. It was just an amazing show, you know, with uh, so many great comedians that we were all there up to there together. And, you know. Before, you are the king. You, you know, I, I saw you in the 80s and uh, – you were immediately hilarious and also a great guy and someone that I wanted to get to know. Yeah. And then you got to work with me at this club in New York. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. And you were just a regular guy. And it wasn't you. There was no air about you. Not that there were any people like that. There were a few who were very successful. And, you know, that's why I'm happy that you got to do this today with me, because I respect you so much. Oh, thank you. You know, Eddie. as a guy, as a friend. Yeah. And, uh I see, you know, I mean, I wish, I, you know, every comedian wishes they had what you've had so far. Yeah. And you've been through this incredible emotional experience, which I could never imagine what that's like. And that's why I'm so interested in it. And you've come out on top. You have regrets. But, you know, we woke up today and we're doing what we love every single day, yeah. which is pretty damn cool. Well, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, 
you know, my life now. And, you know, I continue to work. You know, tomorrow night I'm in, in somewhere in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Yes. And then Wednesday night I'm up in Batavia, New York. And, uh, and there's an audience waiting for you that wants to come see you, that yeah. know who you are. And how many people could say that yeah. in this world? Not it's, many. I, I, you know, I, it's, it's funny, like, like when Andy Williams was performing, you know, it, He's like about this, some girls I used to know. He was like the great big singer back yeah. in the fifties, sixties, seventies. Can't you know? get used to losing you, no matter. That's my. But impression. when he, but when he was uh, <laughs> performing, you know, later on, you know, you know, he's passed away a few years ago. Right. But he always performed. You know, I think he was in Branson. You know, mm-hmm. the last few years of his life. So uh, when uh, at the, you know, when he would come out the stage door, mm-hmm. now the women that are waiting for him out on the stage at the stage door <laughs> all have walkers. No, that's so <laughs> that's great. So sad. That is sad. Andy, yeah. Andy, <laughs> fuck me, Andy, fuck me, <laughs> fuck me. <You> know? <laughs> well, the good thing is, is that he still got it. I don't know if he did that. That's yeah. ter- terrible to say. Yeah. I'm so horrible. <laughs> yeah, but what he, if the Andy Williams family hears this? <laughs> they just wanted to say hello to him, and you have to say bad things. <laughs> good, good. Dirty, filthy mind, you. Yes, well, that's what got you here. And uh, I thank you so much for coming out today and, and hanging out with me. Oh, thank All you, Eddie. All these things that I never knew about you, which is great. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, it's a pleasure. Thanks a billion. Kevin right. Meany, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you in the pot room. Sounds good. I'm there. 